Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The jury is still out. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Mainly on the street, I would say it's Taliban, and it's, it's hard to show you, but they're literally everywhere. They're over there, they're over there, they're over there, they're everywhere. Uh, and that's how they're able to implement force, uh, implement security, because people are so scared of them. No one is going to fight the Taliban. Then you also have some men on the streets, you have some kids. I have seen a few women, but I will say I have seen far fewer women than I would ordinarily see walking down the streets of Kabul. And the women that you do see walking down the streets of Kabul tend to be dressed more conservatively than they were when they were walking down the streets of Kabul yesterday. I've seen more burqas today than I had seen in a while. In one day, Clarissa Ward of CBS News, stay safe. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, if that, you know, I appreciate her reporting, but I don't know if that's a smart move. Um, yeah, I got a very bad feeling about her presence there with her obvious American accent, and she was just speaking. I, I would be kind of murmuring into my microphone, wouldn't you? USA Today, big headline on the front, and it's got that, if you followed the news over the weekend, you've seen the one particular picture of the giant Chinook helicopter flying over the embassy, trying to get people from the embassy to the airport, because you couldn't drive from the embassy to the airport. It was covered with Taliban, as Clarissa Ward was just explaining. Uh, Afghanistan falls in big letters. So here's something that I clearly was wrong about uh, all these years. I've been saying for years, I don't understand why who's ever president doesn't end this thing and get us out of Afghanistan. The polls have been, let's get out for a long time, long time in Afghanistan. And uh, in all the reporting, the Afghanistan papers, when they came out two years ago, I guess, in the Washington Post, it was clear behind the scenes, Barack Obama knew it was not going to get any better. Uh, Trump knew it was not going to get any better. Now Biden knows. I, and I've been saying all along, I don't understand why you don't get out. America's not going to blame you. Um, they want out. Well, I think I was completely wrong about that. Afghanistan falls. I, I think all this coverage of the way it goes down, and it, it's going to be hung around Biden's neck. Now, the, the way they handled it was horrible. But they're just rolling through the towns and taking over the country. That was going to happen no matter what. And maybe whoever's president, when you pull the plug on it, is going to get the blame for it. I wouldn't at all be shocked to see Biden's approval numbers in the 30s within a week. Right, right. You know, I'm noodling through what you're saying, and I think I understand your point. But So the minute you start draining the embassy of our personnel and our files and our computers and all, that is a massive vote of non-support for the Afghan uh uh, civilian authorities, right? Their government. And so I think the calculation was, well, it's, it's like a, it's a, like a game of Jenga. Is that the, the is that the one with the, you pull out the, uh, the pieces of wood? I've never played Jenga. I've, I've seen never lost at a game of Jenga. Me neither, because I've never played. But anyway, I, I just, uh, maybe it wasn't clear. How do you end this in a way that doesn't cause immediate panic? Well, you and, couldn't. and the collapse of Afghanistan. You couldn't. Now, it didn't have to be like this where um, you're shooting your way out of the embassy to get to the airport. It didn't have to be this where you're leaving behind tens of thousands of people that helped us to die. Could have handled that a different way. But 
But oh, but the 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 main part of it, the them rolling, the Taliban rolling over the country and taking it back immediately. I don't think there was any avoiding that. Right. Oh yeah, that's absolutely true, and that's obvious. Now, I guess what I was trying to say was, they there was the belief that we had to act as though we thought the country was going to survive. And to do that and simultaneously evacuate all our people, all the people who helped us, uh, our military, our equipment, our files, our computers, etc., that's it's a, a tough thing to do. It's especially tough without a plan, because even, I mean, you mentioned some of uh, Barack Obama's foreign policy higher-ups are just murdering Biden over this, and it reminds me very much of the southern border. I know, we'll just rescind all Trump's policies, and they'll praise us for that. And then when the hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands every month flooded across the border, they just kind of, well, they had nothing to say, much like right now. How big a deal is this in, uh, you know, the overarching flow of history? I was watching uh, Richard Haas on Morning Joe this morning on MSNBC, and I often like what he has to say about... um, uh, world matters and he said we've really got to work hard to make sure this isn't isn't a pivot point to where the united states really loses a lot of its prestige on the world stage um we, we need to have you know some wins here soon or reassert ourselves soon so that it doesn't catch hold that we're no longer what we used to be because it could be that it could be a pivot point like suez was for Great Britain in '53, though we're not the world power anymore. We don't want. Yeah. We don't want that. But it's if a bad I look. were, if I were one of America's adversaries, I would be having high level meetings right now. Do we pounce? Do we achieve this one of our goals? Do we we uh, provoke them here or there because they're on their heels? And Biden is indecisive. They're absolutely guaranteed to be having those meetings right now. You know, I was about to say something I heard A. Blinken say yesterday, but actually he was on Meet the Press with Chuck Chodd. Maybe we should just listen to him say it here. 35, please. I want to play something you said in June about the withdrawal and get you to respond to it on the other side. Here it is. I don't think it's going to be something that happens from a Friday to a Monday. Uh, So I wouldn't um, necessarily equate... The departure of our forces uh, in July, August, or by early September, with some kind of immediate uh, deterioration uh, in the uh, in the situation. How did uh, that assessment end up so wrong? Uh, is that an intelligence assessment that went wrong? Is that Pentagon assessment that went wrong? Uh, your own? How that does not age well. Two things, Chuck. Uh, first, we've known all along that. Uh, the Taliban was at its strongest position in terms of its strength since 2001. Uh, when we came to office, that was the fact. A- and we said all along, including uh, back then, that there was a real chance that the Taliban would make uh, significant gains throughout Afghanistan. Uh, but on the other hand, I have to tell you that uh, the inability of Afghan security forces uh, to defend their country uh, has played a, a very uh, powerful role in what we've seen over the last, uh, the last few weeks. The fact is we invested, uh, the international community invested over 20 years, billions of dollars in these forces, 300,000 of them, uh, with an Air Force, something the Taliban uh, didn't have, with the most modern, uh, sophisticated equipment. And unfortunately, uh, tragically, they have not been able uh, to defend the country. And I think that uh, explains why this has moved as quickly as it's moved. You know, that as, might be the most explicit example of throwing good money after bad I've ever seen in my lifetime. 
all the accounts we have from so many people who said, oh, no, we knew immediately this was never going to coalesce into a significant fighting force. I mean, it's unanimous. Right. So I, what I was going to say is, can can we once and for all learn this lesson and never do this again? You can't. You, you got to you got to be in a war where it's. We, this is what we're going to win if we defeat. Who, who are we going to defeat? But this idea of going into places and just settling things down for a while doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Now, uh, David French of the Dispatch is writing over the weekend, and he's been hammering this for a couple weeks, saying, look, it wasn't a waste of money and time. It wasn't a disaster. We haven't had a, a major terrorist attack in the entire 20 years we've been in Afghanistan. The day after 9-11... If you'd have said, we're going to go 20 years without a terrorist attack, you'd have thought, I just don't see how that's going to happen. But we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, from that standpoint, it has been a success. Um, but but did we have to claim we were going to let little girls go to college and rebuild all their roads and they're going to have a democracy and a president they vote for and all that? Because what was all that crap? Well, it was, again, hopeless and ridiculously expensive naivete, or so it would seem. Hey, let's have a little contrast with uh, old Anthony Blinken. Uh, Mike Pompeo was uh, making the rounds and talking tough. Uh, 46, please. The plan should have been, much like we had, was that we would have an orderly conditions-based way to think about how to draw down our forces there. We actually delivered on that promise. I I hope we get these folks out. I hope they'll bring the air power. They should go crush these Taliban who are surrounding Kabul. We can do it with American air power. We should put pressure on them. We should inflict cost and pain on them. We shouldn't be begging them to spare the lives of Americans. We should be imposing costs on the Taliban until they allow us to execute our plan in Afghanistan. We talked to Mike Lyons a little bit earlier, and uh, he was making clear that we have a significant number of personnel, military and civilians, still there. Thousands and, and thousands. Right. And anybody who's evacuating is now doing it uh, by the good graces of the Taliban. They're in charge, and we're either threatening them, bribing them, or both uh, into letting our folks go, and they may change their minds. And we could have a hostage situation that makes Tehran 1976, was it? Uh, 77, look, uh, look placid, look easy, look small. Good Lord. Yeah, where they just decide they're not going to let our planes take off they've got anti-aircraft guns right outside of kabul they could they could make sure no planes are coming in or going and mm-hmm. uh and hold us hostage i think they've just decided uh it's in their best interest for us to get out go ahead and get out get out and then you're gone and then we run the country which is what we wanted all along and we uh we waited you out you have the watches we have the time that famous saying and uh mm-hmm. and uh they just waited and then now, now we're gone i don't think they I mind that's us. correct i don't think they yeah. mind us leaving Oh, no, no, no. They want us to leave very yeah. much. Yeah, what, and I'm counting on that. What's there to accomplish at this point? Uh, they got everything they want. One thing Blinken said yesterday, the current Secretary of State, that I thought was interesting. He said, look, our adversaries, because uh, the, the talk was, how does this look to the rest of the world? Um, does this make us look weak to our adversaries? He said, he said our adversary, adversaries, China and Russia, they would love for us to stay here. They'd love for us to continue to be bogged down in countries like Af- Afghanistan instead of turning our attention toward China, and which is a pretty decent point. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, yep, I get it. I just, I think so, so much of the horror could have been held off with a smallish force and a strategic presence there at the air base or what have you. Although, again, uh, referring to Mike Lyons, he's explained why that's easier said than done because of the geographic isolation and you're depending on the utterly evil regime in Pakistan and the rest of it. So, uh, great Godforsaken ba- hellhole. Great Babylon Bee uh, headline. That's the satirical newspaper. Biden administration deploys elite squad of TikTok influencers to stop Taliban. Ugh. Good one. They'll be isolated. They will not get the international legitimacy that they crave. The world is right. watching. Some of the things we're hearing about constitute war crimes. Yeah, they don't care. They don't feel like they're ever going to like go to trial in front of the U.N. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I, I think what we're going to see is is schools closing when cases spread through through schools. We're going to see more uh, recommendations for for use of masks. The reason it's not going to be the same as it was early in the pandemic is that there is a vaccine, and we've we've done a very good job at vaccinating people who are at the greatest risk. So elderly people, uh, people with with underlying medical conditions, frontline healthcare workers. Um, so you know the, there has to be a full on press to to get people vaccinated who who aren't vaccinated. That's what's going to do the most. But but it's not going to be the same kind of situation. Speaking of the elderly, do we have breaking Joe Biden news? We do. Change in plans. Joe Biden will return to the White House today to deliver remarks on Afghanistan at 345 Eastern. He looks like he's flailing. I think he looks like he's flailing because he's flailing. Thank you, Mr. Ockham. Um, yeah, yeah. Because they announced yesterday he would give uh, he'd address the nation in a couple of days. Everybody's reaction was somebody isn't muted. Uh, I believe our executive producer is at fault. Everybody's reaction, left, right, and center, was what? One of the biggest foreign policy events in fifty years just happened, and you're not going to say anything. You're laying low. Everybody's like, "That's weird, dude." I think Joe, right, and Jen Psaki's on vacation. Yeah, I think Joe Biden is actually so old and stuck in the old ways. He still thinks we all get our news like, well, the morning paper. Oh, my. Hey, do you see this, honey? Taliban fell. Uh, Kabul fell yesterday to the Taliban. That we're not getting this on a second by second, you know, live video update through Twitter. And you can't wait till Wednesday of that week to address the nation like you're Richard Nixon, which he see he was he was a senator when Richard Nixon was president. So that's why you do. Wolf. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, that's too charitable. I just I think what they're thinking, it reminds me of my my mom's oft uh, repeated saying, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. Um, there is nothing he can say other than, well, this is an unmitigated disaster. Absolutely everything we told you about the strength and stability of the Afghan regime and their armed forces was uh, displayed or, or revealed rather to be fictional uh, over the last couple of days. And uh, frankly, our people may be held hostage. Well, so thanks for coming. He might double down on the statement he put out over the weekend where he blamed Trump. And that was not met well on the left. Oh, now, what no. he said was... 
was true. Trump made a deal with the Taliban that nobody could figure out, claimed the Taliban was going to uh, fight alongside us against al-Qaeda, and nobody could figure out what the hell they were talking about. But uh, the people even on MSNBC and CNN said, yeah, but you're president now, and you could have changed that. You changed everything else that Trump did. You changed the rules at the border. You did executive actions. You changed everything else. Don't like act like Trump made you stick to Trump's timetable. You could right. change that also, right. but you didn't. Well, I mean, I, seen, uh, I mean, I, 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 anyway, seen practically universally is excuse making, which is exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of things the Biden administration has felt free to change, they just revised the nutrition standards of the food stamp program, prompted the largest permanent increase to benefits in the program's history. Wow. Wow. Unemployment so low, it's it's tragic. Nobody can fill jobs. The, the, the nation has an obesity epidemic, <laughs> and yet they're they're going to raise vastly the amount of money and 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 the rest of it we spend on giving people free stuff. Ah, uh, boy, I tell you what, these these are some interesting times. May you live in interesting times. I haven't felt this concerned about uh, national security in. Decades. Not well, certainly since 9-11, although that was a different feel. I feel like the Biden administration is flailing. It's lost confidence. I don't know to what extent Biden can handle the job at all. This feels really precarious. Well, I should read that quote from Orion Crocker, Obama's old ambassador to Afghanistan again. If he's saying he doesn't think Biden can continue as commander-in-chief, that's rough. Oh, if you haven't heard this, stay tuned for it. Ah, have you heard the Taliban chanting death to America? That just came across. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. That's Clarissa Ward saying the Taliban chanting death to America while seeming nice. Of course, death to America in that part of the world's like, hey, law, my boyfriend's back. I mean, it's just... It's yeah, just and or since they don't have a particular identity as a country, really, it's like they're not going to chant Afghanistan, Afghanistan. So death to America is kind of the go-to. It's a party. Everybody enjoys it. That's Clarissa Ward of CBS News, who's on the streets in Kabul with the Taliban, who are some of the most famous, infamous rapists on the planet. Isn't she worried of some sort of Laura Logan type of thing happening to her? I I fear for her, and I fear for a hell of a lot of women and and men, for that matter, and little boys in Afghanistan. So, quick history lesson, in case you don't know what people are talking about, the whole Saigon moment. You see, we were in Vietnam for many, many years, uh, Vietnam War, and we decided uh, that ain't working, so we got out. But um, at some point, the North Vietnamese, see, we supported the South Vietnamese, the uh, North Vietnamese crashed through, literally, the gates of uh, the embassy there, as they were coming south, and we decided we had to get out of there, and we had to get out of there so quickly, we had helicopters leaving from the roof of our embassy and taking people to ships waiting in the ocean. And there were more people that wanted to get the hell out of there than the, we had to. F- we could fit on helicopters. So people were actually hanging off the helicopters. Now, um, we're about to hear from Joe Biden claiming that we're not going to have a moment like that here. I just want to read from The Hill 
This is I'm reading from the Hill. Video sh- at the airport shows desperate Afghans running alongside and clinging to planes as they take off. Okay, here's Joe Biden. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the the North Vietnamese army. They're not not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the united states from afghanistan it is not at all comparable whoops not at all comparable now he said that before he said that on like friday because at friday we still believe that well they can't take kabul like no two days 48 hours later they they yeah not not a year ago friday 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 this past friday we didn't right. think it could happen yesterday the the leaders of the Taliban were sitting in the in the uh, the president's office at the table doing videos which is absolutely amazing but again reading from the hill uh videos show at the airport desperate afghans running alongside and cleaning the planes as they took off not comparable it's pretty much exactly the same thing different aircraft i'll grant you that and as Mike Lyons, a military analyst who we had on earlier, has pointed out, we are coming and going at the Taliban's pleasure. Because if they didn't want us to get out of there right now, we couldn't. Um, which is worth noting. Now, we've got all those people. Well, I've got the breaking news on that uh, in just a second. But what is Joe Biden going to come out and say today? I can't even imagine. But anyway, let me read to From the Hill. U.S. reaches deal with Taliban on evacuations. U.S. has reached a deal with the Taliban to ensure that evacuations from Kabul's airport can take place without interference from the Taliban. According to the Associated Press, the deal has been formalized just recently. They were, the deal was reached in talks in Doha, Qatar, between senior Taliban officials and General Frank McKenzie. The two sides apparently agreed to a deconfliction mechanism in which operations at the airport in Kabul are permitted to continue without interference with the Taliban. The only reason the Taliban is doing this is because they must think it's in their best interest. Yeah, I think so. I think we're probably bribing them as well. But if you look at it from their perspective, I think it's it's pretty simple. We were, and, and could still if we wanted to, hold them at bay and keep them from seizing power. Because we did for 20 years. The minute we said, okay, we're done, they seized power. So to... to uh, you know, to to anger the United States again at this point to pick a new fight would be stupid. Well, it's stupid. Be- We're on our way out because, as far as I can tell, and I, the fact that this is still a question twenty years after nine eleven is amazing. But as far as I can tell, the Taliban is not interested in bringing down the United States like Al Qaeda is. I think if it was Al Qaeda in this situation, they would take all those people hostage. And try to to ruin America's um, prestige on the world stage more, but I don't think the Taliban is that interested in bringing down the United States. We just want to run Afghanistan. We want to think they have sufficient control of Al Qaeda and ISIS. I mean, for instance, I was just reading that they released a ton of ISIS guys out of some of the prisons in the oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, area. I, they have sufficient control over those people. I hope that that's that's one question. As I heard one military expert yesterday saying, the Taliban is not. 
uh, uniformly controlled the way we might look at our military. There's different groups of Taliban, and if we, we end up with a group of the Taliban that's got different ideas about the airport than that group has over there, then we've got some real problems. Um, but well, right, and I was just going to say, don't forget, the moment they, they uh, triumph over their common enemy, they'll start killing the hell out of each other. They always do. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the way, ways they rolled over the country as fast as they did, as soon as they got to a town, they would open up the prisons, and in the prison were some of the best Taliban fighters and al-Qaeda fighters. So they just like would double the size of their army by rolling into each town and open up the jails. Then they got into Kabul yesterday, and thousands and thousands of the best Taliban and Al-Qaeda fighters were released onto the streets. How wow. freaking awful is that? Wow. Just wow. unbelievable. Meanwhile, this from Axios, which is one of your better news outlets these days, Mike Allen writing, Biden's stain, U.S. flees Kabul, rarely has an American president's predictions been so wrong, so fast, so convincingly as President Biden on Afghanistan. Usually military operations and diplomacy are long. The outcome's foggy, not here. And then he goes into great detail. Ooh, that's that's pretty good right there. You're right. Yeah. It is um it is so clear cut. There's not a lot of yeah, but this, yeah, but that. It's not that complicated. You just heard that clip of Biden from a couple of days ago saying this wouldn't happen. And it happened. We all saw it on TV. Ryan Crocker, U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan under President Obama, said last weekend, I think it is already an indelible stain on his presidency. Do you have that other uh, that quote from Crocker that was so devastating? Oh, yeah, that's tough stuff. And again, the president is going to speak at 345 Eastern today. I have no idea what he is going to say. Um, I, I, just can't, I can't even imagine what his speechwriters are, are, are saying. So Ryan Crocker, ambassador to Af- Afghanistan under Obama, said, I'm left with some grave questions in my mind about Biden's ability to lead our nation as commander-in-chief. Oof. Yipes! Yipes! Wow. That's not good for anybody. No. Hey, you want to hear some real partisan crap? This will get you fired up. Sure. I'm looking at my notes. I took so many notes over the weekend. Oh, I've been wanting to talk about the media, and this is part of it. Like, I went to watch the Sunday talk shows yesterday, because I'm super into this story. They were all so outdated. By the time they reached my TV, there was no point in watching them. They were talking about things that were just well known to not be true anymore that's how much the media has changed and 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 how some people haven't caught on abc this week face the nation uh, what are you talking about i'm looking at my phone right here your own reporters are saying something completely different oh that's right you taped this three hours ago for the west coast i mean that mm. uh, somehow the media has got to catch up with twitter is the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind except for big breaking news stories. It's unbelievable. I, I can't imagine if this had existed during the Vietnam War or you know, World War II or anything like that. The ability to to see video of stuff that happened like five minutes ago on your right. phone in real time from reporters you know and trust is just amazing. In fact, Thanks, Twitter! Getting to the, to the fact that people haven't caught up to the way this works, I saw some... Uh, um, journalists were talking about an uh, update from the Pentagon over the weekend. So they were in the room with, I think it was uh, Milley, General Milley, giving an update to everybody in the media, what's going on. And they were all looking at each other like, what are you talking about? They're all staring at their phones. Their information was so much more up to date on their phone than what General Milley was filling them in on there at the Pentagon. It's just, 
you got to catch up to what the way the world works now. You can't stand up there. It, it, it wasn't that many years ago. A general could stand up there and say anything, and you had to take their word for it. You didn't have the slightest idea what was going on on the ground. Well, not anymore. Not if you got Clarissa Ward standing on, in Kabul and saying, Taliban's walking through the streets right now. You can't have General Milley saying to the press, Taliban are seven miles outside of town. We are fairly confident that we can. No, no, no. They're walking into town. Look at my phone. I've got it right here. Yeah. It's amazing. Somebody once said to me, the higher you go in the military, the less you become a soldier, sailor, whatever, and the more you become a politician. I think old uh, General Milley is, uh, I hate to be disrespectful uh, disrespectful to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, but uh, like everybody else commenting on this in the administration, he's been more or less full of crap. It was just the other day. He said, the Afghan security forces have the capacity to f- sufficiently fight and defend their country. We'll continue to support the Afghan, the Afghan security forces where necessary in accordance with the guidance from the president, the secretary of defense. Now, this part is true. The future of Afghanistan is squarely in the hands of the Afghan people, and there are a range of possible outcomes in Afghanistan. And I want to emphasize repeatedly, and I've said this before, a negative outcome, a Taliban automatic military takeover, is not a foregone conclusion. We'll continue to monitor the situation closely and make adjustments as necessary. Will you now? Adjust to the fact that the Taliban now runs the entire country and the government has, has vacated. Uh, without, in in many, case, many cases, in many of the provincial capitals, including Kabul, without firing a shot. Here's the weirdest breaking news I've seen. Breaking news from Australia. No taking your mask off while drinking alcohol outdoors. <laughs> How do, is that that little straw hole? You got a nice job, straw hole. You got (laughs) to suck it through your mask, I guess. Wow. Breaking news from Australia. No taking your mask off while drinking alcohol outdoors. So I've been trying to stay away from the the partisan point scoring. There has been a lot less of that. It was refreshing. Like going back and forth between Fox and MSNBC, you couldn't even really tell over the weekend when most of the coverage I was taking because they were just reporting what was happening. And, and willing to place blame all around. But um, mm-hmm. back to partisan hackery, Joy Ann Reed of MSNBC said one, of the most, idiot. said one of the most amazing things, tweeted out one of the most amazing things. Y- y- you can't believe that she even did it. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. Good morning. I'm now outside the Kabul airport, and the Taliban are taking pot shots at the American planes and helicopters as they leave, as they continue the evacuation of U.S. embassy personnel. And thousands of Afghan civilians desperate to leave this country have rushed into the airport, and many are comparing it to the U.S. withdrawal from Saigon, only worse. Only worse. So Richard Engel is willing to say it's worse than Saigon. Trump, Tell you uh, what, if you want to get into a dark place, put yourself in the place of one of those Afghan families for a minute and think about what they're facing and, and their desperation to get on a plane. And people keep telling them, no, you got no ticket. You got to go. No, you either get on the plane or you're going to die. It's yeah. that stark. And your children will die, perhaps horribly. Good Lord. Yikes. Yeah. 
Coming up, he says, desperately trying to salvage the mood. Man arrested after deputies find horse in house. Stay with us. So somebody tweeted out over the weekend. I don't know who this person is. I should have looked into it. It's a blue check mark. Probably lefty like most of Twitter. But anyway, tweeted out women in hashtag Herat. It's a town in uh, Afghanistan. Now under Taliban control, they're telling me when they tried to enter the grounds of the university, they, uh, they were turned away by the Taliban. So Joy Reid of MSNBC retweets that and says, This is the real-life handmaid's tale, a true cautionary tale for the U.S., which is our own far religious right dreaming of a theocracy that would impose a particular brand of Christianity, Christianity drive women from the workforce and solely into childbirth and control all politics. So Joy Reid, who has her own show on MSNBC, says that the right in America is just like the Taliban and wants to do the same thing. You know, that's so dopey and silly and overwrought. I can't even <laughs> work up indignation over it. I can't either. It's just I can't believe she has a show with... with it, it, the, that, that sort of commentary is every bit as extreme as... Uh, Who's the guy with the voice? I'm a, sorry, I'm a Christian man. Oh, um, Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, she's as far out there as Alex Jones, just in a different oh, yeah. way. Yeah. It's, was there a group of people who, who saw that tweet and said, oh, yeah, yeah, she's right. Uh, there there must be. But people like being afraid. I've figured that out in, in recent years. People like talking about this enormous threat because it makes them feel important and brave and the rest of it. Please. What the Ridiculous. heck is Joe Biden going to say this afternoon? He's coming back from Camp David uh, earlier than they had planned because I think he realizes I got to say something because this is going south fast. Well, and he's getting murdered for not saying anything. I could write his speech without breaking a sweat. Uh, we tried our very best. This is a tragedy. Uh, it's a tragedy for the Afghan people. Uh, we we asked the, the, the Afghans to stand on their own. They could not. We're calling upon the Taliban to show restraint, blah, blah, blah. Calling on the Taliban to show restraint, they're beheading and raping people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that uh, that those two things fit together. Oh no, no. Oh, it'll be a, a meaningless speech. It'll just be checking the usual uh, oratory boxes, just saying what he feels like you're supposed to say in those situations, and then back to the raping. The whole unwilling to fight for their country thing is really interesting. I don't think we can conceptualize of. Of what it's like to be them, the Afghan forces. I don't. They don't. I don't think they. Oh, right. They don't. They don't understand. Country doesn't mean anything to them. Like if you're an American, no, absolutely not. You you have such a strong feeling of the idea of dying for your country, but they they don't yeah. have that because they don't they they haven't had a country. They they died for their particular like little clan here that's been running goats in this particular valley for the last five hundred years. They might die for them, but. Yeah, Doc, the Navy corpsman, wrote us a terrific email that covered all sorts of ground, including that very thing. He said, first and foremost, one of the things, same things we failed to consider on Iraq as well was acknowledging that other countries and people don't have the same concept of nationalism that great power states do. These people don't consider themselves Afghans. They consider themselves Pashtun or some other cultural minority and couldn't care less about some imaginary border on the map that declares them Afghans or an Afghan citizen. Afghanistan's made up of at least 14 ethnicities with tribal centers. They speak nearly 60 different languages. And first and foremost, like Iraqis and other Middle Eastern states, they identify as Muslim before they identify as a nationality or even those ethnicities. 
So, yeah, I'm going to fight and die for Afghanistan. The only reason, and he makes this clear, I've heard the point made before, the only reason anybody joined the Afghan army was that we were paying people, was that we were the best-paying gig in town. But even then, they wouldn't show up, they wouldn't train, they would go home, and then when they ran out of money, they would come back, say, yeah, yeah, I want to be in the army again. And we in the Afghan army would say, okay, great, glad you're back. They'd stay, they'd get a check, they'd go home again. They didn't give a damn. God, I'm looking at the footage Richard Engels got on NBC News of the the crowd at the airport there and the the mad rush of the crowd. And some people have been trampled. They think some people have been trampled to death Um, uh, because they're so, you know, well, you you would be, too. They're they're so intent on trying to get on those planes. Uh, Yeah, you watch that. No matter what you got going on in your life today that's uh, stressful or bad, it ain't as bad as that. Be thankful you were born in America. Yeah. Richard Fontaine, Fontaine, head of the Center for New American Security, former foreign policy advisor to John McCain, among others, told Axios, quote, It's striking that with 20 years to think it over, the United States withdrew its forces without a plan for the aftermath. As the bulk of American troops departed, there was no plan for securing regional base access for the contractors that maintain the Afghan military, for training that military after the U.S. departure, for evacuating interpreters and helpers. Yeah, I kept hearing that. That is the knock. I heard that a couple of times over the weekend, that the, the way we left, while they did have helicopters and planes and all these different things, we took all the, the, the mechanics and expertise and everything out of there. So as soon as you had, you know, you needed an oil change, you no longer could fly the thing. What kind of a plan yeah, is that? That can't be an oversight. That's cutting and running or something. I, I don't know what it is. It's bizarre. You can't explain it. Well, remember reports where we left that Af- Air Force base we, overnight. We didn't even tell them that we were leaving. They woke up in the morning we were gone. Armstrong and Getty.